You're listening to Boop, the podcast spelled B-C-C-P, which corresponds to the project space that is currently between spaces. My name is Ivan Cheng, and since our last episode, I released myself of the obligation for weekly updates in exchange for hosting three exhibitions at the Franz de Volantstraat space. A charming group show with Vibe Bausma, Bronte Dao, Hannah Hivarinen, Sophie Lee, Sil Mogamidahas, and Christopher Zainer, an exhibition of new paintings by Edin Zenun, and a show which I sit in now on its last day with works made by Marina Zenefontos with Kiriakos Kirekidis. You can find documentation in the expected channels or by special request, I guess. And I formally say goodbye to this space that I've been in for almost three years, 42 events later, some run by Helena Julian and Tim Brodick, and one by Jean-Marie Andreta. Here we are. I guess we're supposed to be back in September in a new location, so happy holidays, I guess. This is an episode with Astrid Ismaili, the arguably iconic Amsterdam performance artist. Astrid picked me up from my house on a Sunday in May, a moment after they helped their friend Tate move into the neighborhood. At the time, it felt moderately transgressive, but relatively straightforward to be carefully going on walks with friends. I gave Astrid one of the last masks I had materials on hand to make. I'm thinking about buying more elastic and making some more. We actually haven't known each other for so long. We're approaching a first anniversary. I guess our intense moment of getting to know each other came when we worked together with Magdalena Mitterhofer and Vincent Arp on the first part of Astrid's pop operetta, Miss. We worked weekdays in November in a rehearsal room on the Tugelewech for a month, making coffee on a hot plate that we brought and buying coffees at Brew. I'm still shocked that we didn't get a loyalty stamp card until the last day of rehearsal. I still have a card with a single idiotic stamp in my wallet. Um, But I guess that's what I get for wanting that filter coffee. Um, We were always looking for a better lunch when we were there. I remember that. I'm still a fan, I think, of Warung Spang Makandra and, for example, a Sayoto soup. And there was an okay fish place kind of south of there where I definitely had no like calamari regrets. And then one day, Los Brano, like a bit too late into the rehearsal process maybe, Los Brano on the Erste Osterparkstraat was discovered. I actually went back in January when my friend Mire moved into the area and um, they have a delicatessen-style bar and we bought a bottle of rather good wine for five euro and drank it out of tall glasses while they kept the bottle behind the counter. And so then... I think of that pleasure and as I say this, I then remember like Italy and I think to myself, Um, I don't think I'll choose to comment on the sandwich we had at the snack bar on the corner, nor the kind of disappointing llama chun, but I remember gaining a taste for the tempeh brooches. I'd see Astrid from behind walking from the tram and I'd be riding on a bike over to the Echo Dis and I think at least two or three times we went in together in the mornings. Um, yeah, that was good. Uh, and Miss was a cute show that was received quite well, and we're all quite excited to work on part two as well and to finish the show. I have like all these songs that Astrid wrote still in my head, um, and I think it'd be great. Anyway, to set the scene, Astrid and I are in Boston Loma. It's an extremely windy day, so what you're hearing, this kind of brushing noise, is a wind guard, which which is against the microphones of the Zoom recorder that I'm using. I'm holding onto it uh, with this tripod thing, so it's like a, I don't know, a grip thrust in front of us. My friend Oscar loves this format of walking around podcasts, um, and so I hope you do too. Thank you.
Do you like dogs? Me too. I hate dogs. Really? Yeah, dogs are... No. Yeah, they're the worst. Do you like dogs? No. <laughs> I also exactly. don't like dogs. I, th I thought we both hated dogs. <laughs> this is why we're friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm much more cats. Really? Uh, have you ever had a cat? No. <laughs> 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 I never had a cat. Do you have any friends with cats that you... Yeah, like Vita. Vita's like... Oh, I met that cat. Yeah, Vita. Had a dog and a cat. Uh-huh. I think I met them both. <laughs> the cat First there was a cat, only they the cat. They just love eating blood or something, right? No. Really? I think so. There was First there was only this cat. <laughs> and she was quite a personality. Because uh -huh. she was like, I don't know, like a little bit moody, <laughs> so, so not so active, and I don't know. Like, what sweet. a cute cat, <laughs> so lovable. Yeah, also lovable, to be honest. But then when the dog arrived, the cat was completely like, wow, like, anxious. Wait. But in general, do, are you, do you like moody? Or like, does moody irritate you? Um, like, if you have a friend who's like, oh, well, would you have a particularly moody friend, or is that too much work? Mm, or hard know. to say, because it's so general. I right? think I'm pretty moody. Really? Don't you think? Not really. I think, like, I can be, like, quite extreme. Like, I can be so energetic and, like, hyper and uh, exciting. But I, I can also be the opposite. Yeah, but I think that those are, to me, like, that's not the defining characteristic of your personality or, like, how yeah. you show no, up. No, no, no. Like, how you show up is generally more positive and more, like, true. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And, like, uh, or, hello, like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and it's like, oh, something's going bad. Then it's like, but there's always this still. Uh, so it's a, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, true. I guess you can just I, oh Yeah, it's crazy actually. Also, like I came to, to the conclusion that I'm <laughs> I'm quite a positive person despite what? all the shit. Despite being an emo. <laughs> <laughs> despite being an emo girl. <laughs> despite feeling everything so deeply. Yeah. <laughs> it's come to my attention that hey, I'm hey, yo, guys. very positive. <laughs> yeah. Hey. No, but seriously. I think I'm also a very positive person. I think person. so too. <laughs> <laughs> well, too no, um, seriously, but I don't think we give that impression. Because people think we're so judgmental. And mean. Really? I don't no. know. No one thinks I'm I mean. hope no one thinks I'm I mean hope. too. Yeah. Well, we just no, but I have here. a feeling that people think that I, I am a little bit... I don't know what they think, to be honest. Hmm. But I'm really nice. <laughs> ah. And you too. <laughs> it takes one to know one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, there are actually shops here. Maybe there's yeah. a. I, I can't wait to get in. a beer. And you know what kind of beer I want? What? Heineken. I want a La Chouffe. Oh, really? Yes. Mm, I should have brought like a bottle opener thing. Because I don't have one. The other day I was carrying around um, a new corkscrew that a friend gave me for my birthday. Uh -huh. and, uh, oh, but we can use keys. Ah, well, if you're such a professional with that, then I, I think I'm, I'm confident, I'm positive. Will they still at walk-in? No. Should we walk this way? I don't think but I can no real... deeper there. Yeah, I was gonna go. I was gonna go down there yeah, and I like, go towards the water, but there's gonna be no beers yeah, down there. I'm, I'm if we want a beer, we have to go up to like the supermarkets. Um, so I didn't get around to making you a mask because I like, don't have string or I don't have elastic and I feel very like unfocused but you can I just steamed this wow, one clean so you can wear this so beautiful. is it it's a like I wouldn't be proud to give it to you because I think it's still a that's like a prototype thing um, don't be such a perfectionist it's just a mask it's just a mask <laughs> or you can put like a the real thing here. <laughs> no, you put like a piece of kitchen tile inside. Yeah? Yeah. And then it uh, filters out 70% of water particles and you put this around like the bottom of your neck and you tie it up at the back. 
But that's the thing. People seem to prefer the ones with elastic yeah. because uh, then you can just yeah. slip it it's on, really slip it up. And good. Royal green. <laughs> Royal no, green. emerald. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sapphire. <laughs> Turquoise. What do you think about this church? I, have, I keep looking at it and I think, oh, I want to go inside. Like, I would go to a service to see what it's like. It's very, very Protestant, postmodernist Protestant. I don't know much about church architecture. But like, well, it's definitely not Catholic. Really? Definitely. Pinkstergemeente. Opstandingskirk. It's because it's very, like, bare, you know? That's yeah. the aesthetic. And that's the, that's the Protestant aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's like nothing. What do you think of the church? I love churches. Because? Because uh, I... <laughs> They're I, big and the acoustics are great. Yeah, <laughs> also. But also because of the silence. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It turned into jogging. <laughs> oh, it's so cold. Oh my god. Uh, someone told me it's gonna go from 21 degrees today to 9 degrees. <laughs> oh my god. And I thought it would. I thought I'd be safe with. No, you know Oh, wow, pizza. I love it. I love churches, seriously. Because. Uh, I just feel that. I think I'm in the end quite a spiritual kind of girl. Right. And... But then like... What about... Not necessarily religious love. Oh my god, this wind. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that we're running, like... The wind is still here. No, it's because it was like an unsafe crossing. We just ran across a highway. That's why. But I have to tell you an experience I had this last... Winter when I went to Kosovo. Please. And I went to the, well, the majority of people living in Kosovo, they're Muslims and also Albanian. Mm -hmm. But. Like Dua Lipa. Relations, yeah, like Dua Lipi. <laughs> Dua Lips. <laughs> but Albanian's relationship with religion is really like special, especially in that region because. Albanians are not religious people because religion usually came as a form of oppression and Albanians have different religions like they were they are Catholics, Orthodox, Muslim, Albanians but what kept the Albanians together was their national identity uh -huh. Because otherwise, if they would get divided from religion, then the ch chances to assimilate would be much higher. So in the Albanian Renaissance, like a lot of poets would write mm -hmm. stuff like, it doesn't matter what your religion is, Albanian's religion is being Albanian. <laughs> and this is what you actually would learn at school. Wow. And I find that quite radical and uh, very different also. Because, shop, shop. For, exa for example, Serbian Orthodox Church is so powerful. Yeah. And Greeks as well. Religion plays uh, quite a huge part. I think we can get beers there. In a telephone center? Yeah. Because I got some with Kate the other day. Cool. So, yeah. So religion, also like in my family, mm -hmm. like I'm Muslim, I'm uh, circumcised, but we're not really religious people. Like we, we it's more like a tradition mm -hmm. rather than, I don't know. So what happened when you went back this year? I went to the church, to the cathedral. Hello. Hello. Which beer do you want? I... I'll get you beer. I can get it. No, no. I'll get it. No, no, no. Or no, should no. we have a Jack Daniels? <gasps> yes. Yeah.
I'll get you. Whiskey. It's off brand. <laughs> Rum and cola. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Faye. <laughs> Tennessee sour mash. <laughs> Thank you. Do it. Do it. Wait. I'm gonna do this. Put this on the stand. And where to put it? In my hand. Oh, okay. So then it's I can just like hold it. It's such a character, the phone. Really? It's uh, it reminds me of me. <laughs> Should me I hold a... it while you open? No. I can. I can do it all. Yeah. So then I want. But this goes like okay. I have to break it down for you why it's interesting. Cheers. So basically, this cathedral—it's a let's cross and oh, let's go down there. It's a new cathedral which was built seven years or maybe ten years ago or something. Mm -hmm. But it's and in the location where it is right now, there used to be a high school. And they they tore down the high school and, the, and, they, and they built this like Catholic cathedral, mm -hmm. which was a complete uh, political statement because it's like in the real center of the city, and a lot of people were kind of like against that. But anyways, they built it up, and it took years and years. And then I think finally now it feels like they finished it. <laughs> and I went inside and it was really nice. <laughs> I really liked it. What kind it, of architecture? It's okay, so it's like a kind of like a classical approach. Cathedrals are have this like really like super high ceilings and mm -hmm. the frescoes and it's a Catholic church so it's a cathedral so it's usually much always much more decorated and like it has more like sculpture and stuff in it but this one particularly seemed quite uh, contemporary somehow <laughs> because uh, I, I don't know like the motifs and the the, the drawings in, on the on the walls and everything it seemed quite although it was refer referencing like moments from the past the characters in it they seem quite th as if they're from from now you know i don't know how and uh, i don't know i prayed <laughs> and it was i had a really like like kesha yeah <laughs> like kesha no but i had a moment that i was like uh i don't know it I felt like I reconnected with the city mm -hmm. somehow and that was the, the only moment that I felt like okay I did something I didn't do and I almost never did in that city which is my hometown and I it felt like I don't know like I added something to the history with, with my city that somehow I'm losing connection so it was meaningful somehow. Is this a place that you went to alone or is this something that people were going to? You know what I, I mean? Like, I is went it... by myself, uh -huh. but in some Christmas evenings we would go with my friends a few times. I think we went because we just like and draw like six, six, six in our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you, uh, is there like a cultural program of the church? Like do they have youth outreach or do they do concerts or... They do concerts, but I screenings. don't think that it's the program that the church organizes. But the Philharmony of Kosovo, they have a deal and they organize a few concerts here and there. But to be honest, I'm not so familiar with like, the program. No. I don't know. But... I, I, I uh, like long time ago as a teenager when this church was like kind of like it started building up and then they started like constructing the, the inside 
we got the permission to shoot a music video that I directed. Whose music video was it? Era Estrefe. Yeah. It's like this. Uh, uh, See that? That guy holding duck. a duck? Yes. And a dog was running beside The duck was. Like sick or sick. recovering, covered in oil. Mm. Wanna stop here? If we don't get attacked by the wind. We won't. I think it's. It's nice, huh? Yeah. So we shot a music video there. How many hours did you get? Huh? How, many, how much time did you get the in the whole church? day. Wow. Cool. But then this music video, we shot one scene there in the Albanian cathedral, and the other scene we shot in the Serbian Orthodox Church, which was built. So it was built during the 90s in Kosovo in the campus of the university of Pristina, which was like clearly a kind of like a political act and definitely not the place to, to build a, <laughs> a church. But it was never really uh, finished because then the war started and then this, but this, this building was uh, never functional, but it's still there in the campus. And in the early 2000s, when we shot this music video, it was accessible, so we could actually, people could enter. And usually that area during the night is used, was used actually as a cruising area. Hmm. So that's where I kind of like lost my virginity or something. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Or some, one <laughs> of them, because I don't quite remember where, where and how it happened. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> I everything. <laughs> but yeah, that we shot this uh, part there of the music video, and then it became such a big scandal because Era is what, like, to be honest, like when we shot the music video, we were like, this location is great, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, actually, it's interesting that it's a church, but it was not so much about. The church. It was more about the location, and also because I was like, this location is here in the center of the city, and it needs. We need to talk about it. It doesn't matter, you know, how you're gonna use it. But I think that because it's there and it's like not functioning, I think it's important to talk about it, and maybe it could be turned into like an art space or like I don't know, like be reactivated. And then we made this music video, and then. The, the reaction was insane. The reaction from who? From the Serbian uh, pr pr Orthodox priest from Belgrade. They they reacted and they called the music video blasphemy. And that's how Era actually got uh, like people started to yeah to talk about her in Serbia and in the Balkans. And that's how she, somehow she kind of like blew up. <laughs> And then, of course, like queer people and I don't know, like the, the left wing people, uh, they were all kind of like supporting the project, although that, that was not against the Ortho Serbian Orthodox Church whatsoever, but they were like, great that you did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was interesting, my relationship with uh, churches. Did it come to affect you? Like, were you attacked by people, or like hate mail, or like we were? Yes, but usually when you make a music video for a pop star, the director doesn't get any of the any of the shit. It's mm -hmm. usually the the pop, star. the pop star who gets it, the good and the and the bad. Mm -hmm. So all the credits went there. But I think that uh, yeah, for Era actually it was really good publicity. Cool. And then a few years later, like two years later, she she made this song, Bon Bon, which blew up. And has like 500 million views on YouTube or something. Ah. Then she signed with like Sony and she really, yeah. Bon Bon is an English song? It's, it's in Albanian. It's Albanian. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And how about you? My music video life? No, your your uh, whatever. Like, what's your religion actually? I mean, uh, your families. I think my dad is quite an atheist. So, mm -hmm. like, to the point where, like, dinner parties with family friends who like bring up stuff just to be provocative and be like, uh -huh. oh, 
but um, I have two uncles who are actually pastors. One is definitely of a Baptist church, and the other one I'm not sure of the denomination. Lives mm -hmm. in Seattle, I think. And uh, my mother went to a Catholic school. So the way that my sister and I were raised in the school mm -hmm. system, there's scripture classes. So once a week you get scripture, and that we were signed up for Anglican slash Protestant uh -huh. faith. So I think uh, it wasn't as intense Catholic. And during high school, there was a moment when I was going to my uncle's church with my older sister, just mm -hmm. like for a few reasons, I guess. Yeah. Largely social in terms of this kind of like fitting into certain groups of people and understanding how to behave or like how morality or ethics can be dictated in a social setting. But then I, I never felt so comfortable entirely yeah. in that space. And then I had rehearsals which conflicted on Sundays, so then I just stopped going. Mm, yeah. But you had a period that you would kind of go to the church. Yeah, I think so. Did, do you think that you had a spiritual practice? Um, I think no solid response. Yes and no, yeah. like on and off and um, like moments of desperation when I was like, oh, like uh, somehow it was always very self-conscious yeah, yeah, or thinking yeah. about having to yeah. find some higher belief or like some yeah. way to have faith in an external source um, or, and then even then it was maybe very much filtered yeah. by seeing it done on screen Yeah, you know what I mean? so um, since then I guess I've come to admire different friends older friends I guess who have different spiritual lives yeah. and practice a Buddhism or Episcopalian faith and um, I think that's interesting but it's my spiritual life is not something that I give time and attention yeah. to I don't nourish it I became a much more spiritual person in the past few years really? I mean the potential like here was, in Amsterdam. yeah the potential I think was always there <laughs> but I never really practiced it also like my interests were always I was always interested in, uh, yeah, spirituality, mm -hmm. but I never really, but not so much in the institutions. Sure. So I, and I still kind of like strongly believe that there's a lot uh, they are out there uh, when it comes to like I don't know like, yeah, just like having like an extraordinary experience while like doing a ritual mm -hmm. it can be so powerful and uh, beautiful and it can really generate change mm -hmm. so in that sense that's why my interest was always there but then when it comes to like institutions then it always becomes very political and that was always my kind of like hesitation or like criticality yeah especially if you come from like a a background that I come from which is always somehow you know like there's always an idea about the about that background mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the truth so it's always uh, it's really like complicated somehow and it's and then if you kind of like fit to that idea you somehow agree with that image mm -hmm. so somehow as an individual I always felt the pressure to kind of like uh, stay away from that image and like try to prove that it's not that you sure. know? but then sometimes it's so exhausting because it's like but I guess in the same way there's like our relationship to institutions as artists as creative professionals and like that's always also fraught and complex yeah. and like positive and negative and like yeah. the interpersonal stuff with people within the institution who might represent that similar to a church is so it like it distorts and it plays around and I guess that's a situation where we we stay we stay with our trouble and stay with the complication yeah or stay complicit um, yeah and I but know. I came to the conclusion that I feel also this is like some kind of like a maturity moment then you're just like you I don't care anymore uh, about the image I'm 
uh, I don't know, like I'm not afraid of uh, embracing what is what I experience mm -hmm. and saying, okay, this is maybe like fitting to what the expectation, but it's I experience it and actually I better talk and deal with it than somebody else who haven't experienced it and tries to do something around it. So somehow like claiming, <laughs> claiming that, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. but, but this is always, but this is something that I always hesitated, mm -hmm. but I feel like now it's time to really like, yeah, just embrace, embrace all of it and... Uh, to, for what reason? Uh, because, yeah, I guess it's uh, and, and also personal need okay. to to deal with it. I don't know if I'm clear. I think yeah, you you are clear. I guess I'm. It just makes me curious as to like how this fits in with uh, your idea of community and like the people around you and how um, how that relationship to faith like certain traumas that people have around religion um, becomes articulated or like um, or how it can draw um, draw boundaries between people because ideologies can yeah. be alienating yeah because you might say you might have a very personal definition of what going to church is yeah. or like practicing a spiritual life and no matter what other people's practices are, there's always yeah. a conception about what that yeah. means for yeah. your life and how that might change you or, um, or like a set of values that people yeah. assume like, are intertwined. And so I think that actually the beauty is somehow like uh, acknowledging that there are differences. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to relativize them and like neutralize them, just acknowledge that there are differences and yeah. that and and that you can acknowledge by talking about it and knowing about those differences mm -hmm. and but, sorry yeah? yeah i was gonna say but in acknowledging differences you're also acknowledging similarities and mm -hmm. like meeting points and like that exactly. idea of like people identifying with something or disidentifying something is maybe exactly the thing that i'm asking about like yeah. in constructions of community because like it, it, at least in my conception you the way you live your life and the way that you work with people yeah. and bring people into your work and um, and like what do you make work to represent is about solidarity forms and like um, of resistances of queerness yeah. in some ways of um, of being able to express uh, an otherness yeah and so um, with that in mind and also knowing that your personal life doesn't have to be totally intertwined with your professional life yeah. but knowing that at many points it does intersect yeah, yeah. then like how well this then i think the works. privilege that we kind of have as artists is the possibility to create little bubbles of reality and mm -hmm. little maybe like temporary yeah. like institutions or even like religions mm -hmm. or whatever but like we can really construct uh, these spaces in which we make our own norms and in which we somehow free ourselves from the traditional co uh, yeah, conventions. Uh, and that, that's also, I think, what motivates me the most to, to do what I do is to be able to actually during that one hour of a performance to kind of like witness a different form of life in in, in which uh, the the norms of the reality don't matter because within that one hour there is a different kind of logic that doesn't mean that it's a it's not it's it's independent or separated from the from the sure. real <laughs> reality but then it's like if that's like fiction but it's present then and it makes the other feel uh, feel its presence then what is reality and this this the, in this moments I'm like so intrigued how radical and powerful and beautiful 
fiction is mm -hmm. and also uh, that is also kind of like uh, yeah I just need I feel like it should be uh, appreciated that we have that power to that possibility to create these little worlds completely and I, I yeah I, I love that so what's the role of fiction for you now like where are you where are you taking it or if you're taking it anyway? super super important super important because I feel like fiction is uh, so free I mean it cannot it can be also quite restricted but as a form it's already liberating because it's like okay this is what I'm dealing with right now but then let's fabulate so then it's like you open all these like possibilities so it's really freeing especially if you're dealing with trauma mm -hmm. and if you're dealing with like uh, stuff that you you're having a hard time to talk about it then with fiction fiction somehow it's a beautiful way of how of uh, yeah not necessarily revealing but more like kind of like uh, uh, examining yeah. pain and, and trauma that's a tricky thing that the that the work that sometimes produced from that is relying on people understanding like it's grounding in a reality or like it's connection to a trauma which might not be directly on the table and sometimes it is directly on the table a lot of the time it's like mediated and changed yeah. around and, um, and then that also maybe from like a very um, privileged standpoint as the imagined audience of like someone who is used to taking in certain formal conventions and like uh, ideas of how performance or sculptural video works how then the reality impacts how you read it and, and then people yeah it like it's a confusing of the, uh, the personal and the pr yeah. professional like the quasi-professional yeah. yeah but this is also why it's I feel yeah it's tricky but also interesting yeah because if it would be only for example personal and then I'm already bo bo not bored, but I'm like I don't know, like I I I miss I miss its uh, the action because I feel like fiction is already action. It's not commenting anymore. It's like uh, moving forward. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. I, it's it's not a passive way of narrating. Mm -hmm. It's an active way of narrating because it's constantly it's uh, rooted in the past but it's happening in the now and a lot in the future as well so it's really that that I find almost like it's a form of activism mm -hmm. in having said that that like fiction could be largely to do with the future I'm curious about like your relationship to history like from hanging out with you I hear you talk about uh, histories Albanian histories yeah. and other histories quite a lot and I wonder like Apart from like storytelling and things being passed on by the community, like what the role of history is in that? Yeah, it's so know? interesting because actually as a child my favorite subject was history. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I totally forgot forgot about that, you know, because sometimes you grow grow up and like you get I don't know, like you change direction and you forget. But I was always so intrigued by history. Especially like ancient stuff like I was so intrigued and then when, when I did uh, a few years ago with while studying here at Das Arts we did a contextual which is like a study uh, 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 semester uh, which is uh, curated by the students and we had a really tough uh, uh, semester before and then we were like oh my god we need we need to do something for ourselves so then we went to Cyprus and we did a spiritual uh, yeah we did a spiritual sessions for 14 days with a shaman <laughs> a Cypriot shaman a, a Greek shaman Interesting. and uh, and we were most of us were quite skeptical about all that we were like yeah sure whatever you know like but then the experience was so 
intense and physical and it did something to all of us and I had I w we were doing these journeys we didn't do any like ayahuasca or anything it mm -hmm. was all like pure but we would do these journeys and then we would like yeah time travel for me it was very physical and uh, uh, physical but also very visual mm -hmm. and I would see like it was so interesting because like I would see like historical figures but then the future and the past and especially the aesthetics were like mixed you know it felt like retro futuristic somehow wow. so it was like very historical in a way but then it had like this very like I don't know like this utopian dystopic uh, uh, realities I don't know wow. so but it was extremely visual for you. it was extremely visual wow. and that somehow kind of like brought I don't know this like and then I was like oh my god like this is somehow like what I want to do <laughs> and that's why also like kind of like starting from a historical moment mm -hmm. as a starting point and then fabulating that you know like adding adding it a personal touch and then also like a, a, I, I don't know a fantasy around it mm -hmm. uh, that's really like a, a combination that I am triggered to to, to, to play and recently I've been watching a lot of uh, animes from Studio Ghibli mm -hmm. and I, I can see this uh, mixture of like uh, times as well sure. uh, in, in, in those narratives and aesthetics and also storytelling uh, techniques which are forms which are quite different than what we're used to see in the West. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that. So. Yeah. Where do you watch your anime? On Netflix. On Net oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, oh, it's Everything is there. Wow. It shades. And I, I always was into it, but I never really had the time to, like, to sit down and like, and now it was more like I did it like kind of some kind of like, like a study. So I watched almost everything mm -hmm. and I am completely obsessed. Obsessed, mm -hmm. obsessed, obsessed. Love it. Love living for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What about you? What am I obsessed with, or like, what's my relationship to anime? Uh, anime? You, do you have any like connection with anime or? Not really. No. I, I think it was just um, what became popular when I was young. People talking about Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. or Dragon Ball Z, and in that way, I think it was already translated, and it was with. American dubbing yeah. and um, and then I have never been a huge Ghibli fan I've seen three or four things mm. as I think most people mm -hmm. have and yeah. I, I think sure it's fantastical and um, like I think oh Cameron Diaz doing her voiceover was I think about her winning the Academy Award uh -huh. or like uh, presenting an Academy Award for something like Spirited Away like that's the vagueness of association yeah. I have with it and, um, I don't know. I think it's it's as it's caught up in what I might think about cuteness, yeah, and um, like uncertainty about uh, like orientalization or like received cultural formats or like yeah, the role of fantasy in my life is also like very uncertain since I like to delude myself that it's like very grounded in reality or like mm -hmm. certain rational thought and then it's only poetics that I like yeah. to release into and then like I even don't really have so much time for science fiction mm. uh, like that's to speculate about the future in that sense or to think about alternate universes is I was gonna say it's it's not something that I spend time with but then I remember like all these like dark moments I've had with like Harry Potter fan fiction yeah but then like when I do talk about this, then the, like the one that I think is like really interesting to talk about is one called Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. You know that I've never watched any Harry Potter or never read any. But, oh, uh, but I didn't know. Yeah. But like the the concept of Harry Potter and the and the uh -huh. <laughs> methods of rationality yeah. is that uh, the aunt who's like she's like a in in the in the canon she's like a mean. Um, 
magic hating aunt uh -huh. who uh, basically is abusive uh -huh. to Harry. Uh, what happens instead is that she has been um, given a beautiful new face by the sister that she, she was bitter about. Uh -huh. And then through that she ended up marrying like a, a physicist who is a lecturer at Cambridge. Mm -hmm. And so young Harry brought up in this <laughs> alternate universe uh -huh. is a very thoughtful, inquisitive um, and very rational and uh, is prodigious in how he understands um, different laws of physics and mm -hmm. um, and so then that affects his understanding of trying to like think about um, forces and possibilities in relation to magic and kind of like deconstructing magic as it exists in this of, of, of the J.K. Rowling universe uh -huh. alongside like what laws of physics might dictate in terms of volume and um, mass and matter mm -hmm. in um, in the Western scientific canon, and uh, through that he develops. <laughs> but and what and does that connect <laughs> to and to you? Uh, that I have given hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of my life compulsively reading this stuff or like okay. kind of dwelling in these fantastic worlds so like for all that I might say oh I'm not interested in the alternate universes of anime or yeah. blah 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 apparently there's some investment in yeah yeah exactly yeah it's I don't know. so it no it's interesting because so I don't know what's my block when it no, comes to no but also because okay somebody calls not now. <laughs> Who is it? My mom. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Yeah, but not not, not in, in Albany. Not in Kosovo. Oh. No, we have a seventh of March. Oh, oh so it's already happened. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend thought uh, I think like, she was living here, and then she was now she's back in the states, and uh, she thought that she had missed Mother's Day, and then uh, she she sent like a bouquet of flowers the next day, apologizing. Um, like, and really like stressed and apologetic uh -huh. and then uh, the mother like waited a whole day to reply and be like it wasn't Mother's Day here but you are still late <laughs> and um, mothers huh? can't live with them, can't live without them yeah. I love them no you do uh, what I, I wanted to say something ah yeah what I find the most like why I'm so drawn to anime, especially after I watched all this, this, yeah, these films this, during the quarantine, was actually mainly the storytelling uh, forms, which somehow it always feels like most of the stories start and uh, develop and end, but there is most of the times no conclusion and the characters are not so binary like we're used to like there are the, it's not so defined you know sure. their morals are not so defined so for example what it seems what seems to be like a negative character turns out to be pretty sweet because it does like a super like a generous gesture or like a kind gesture and I love that there's always somehow the possibility for characters to change quite radically sometimes and that seems quite beautiful that, that I see it quite beautifully because I feel like that is actually much more closer to the reality and especially because like for example yeah if you watch like some Hollywood stuff yeah. <laughs> and then there is always somehow a, a moral story behind or there's like a I don't know like it's trying to tell you something it's trying to motivate you and you see I'm, the beginning from the end yeah and I'm so done with that you know at least these films they're what I like about them because they are bittersweet so they're not really there to kind of like pat you on the shoulder or like make you feel better yeah. but because of that they actually are quite healing because 
somehow you don't get this like prob false promise but then you somehow maybe make a connection with something that happens happened to, to you in your life and that you're still living with it and it's not yet healed <laughs> so maybe you acknowledge that it's gonna be with you <laughs> so I don't know it was just really uh, beautiful and maybe it's more straightforward to since it's like it already exists in like artificial sound worlds and you have like real sounds of like foley or whatever attached to make this obviously fake world real yeah. then you're, you're able to also apply your understanding of some aspects of these characters yeah. into other situations like abstraction is already partially performed even if there's like a lot of reality inside it yeah well what I'm jealous about is the vir virtuosity mm -hmm. and it, it it's also the I don't know it's almost like religiously uh, conformed to the form to its own form and style you know what I mean yeah so it's like so like I don't know like so precise in that manner that I'm like ah I get jealous of that system <laughs> yeah I'm just like ah that system is too good <laughs> but then if you were part of that system I would be I think so you'd be, depressed yeah you'd just yeah. be directly like breakthrough and like yeah. can we do this instead I would kill myself <laughs> seriously yeah. but now you're drawing you're doing animations right I always draw true but I finally started uh, making digi digital stuff with pages <laughs> <laughs> but I really uh, I really like them I really like them. Yeah, I would love to make an animation. And this is not because I watched too many <laughs> animes in this past, but this was always like a dream of mine. I always loved. I don't know, because there's so much possibility for worldings. Because of, I don't know, because you can draw basically everything, you know? So it's so. It's much more broader than performance because with performance you imagine a lot so like you make uh, I don't know like suggestions mm -hmm. of images but the images are usually not executed it's more like a glimpse of something that takes you to something sure. at least for me because there are some performance makers who create those images as well. Yeah, but I think for me, I'm always kind of like poor, su su mostly suggesting an image <laughs> rather than creating one. Don't forget to rate and review highly and subscribe, I guess. <laughs>